Couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S.bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. Listen up, everybody. This episode has it all. Sex, lies, and Brian Krakow's bathing suit area exploding. <laughs> oh, he's such a horn dog. Ow, good job, Brian Krakow. Oh, he's so horned up. He loves it. Yes, we are uh, back on the Narbos and Broomheads podcast, and we're talking about the penultimate, penultimate the one before the penultimate episode. We're talking about episode 17. So whatever that's called. Right in, please. I'm Ted. Hello. So we are here and we're going to talk about an episode of My So-Called Life. Who do we have? What gang do we have? What uh, amateur videotape aficionados do we have? Let's uh, hear this evening. Let's roll it on up to... Uh, Regine with, uh, yeah, with, uh, I don't know. I was going to say your videotape. Do you ever have one of these videotapes, Arlo? Who is there? Who's there in Regina? Uh, it's me, Arlo, <laughs> coming to you from Regina, <laughs> Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, you know, I was expecting you to say sex, lies, and videotape, and then you, you veered, <laughs> veered <laughs> off the path into Brian Krakow's bathing suit area. The swerve. Uh, happy to be here. Had a bit of a week, so uh, looking forward to kicking back and uh, talking about this one with everybody. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to throw it to anybody? Uh-huh. Yeah, anybody sure. On the podcast I'd love you want to throw, throw it to someone. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, like, I literally just got home from work, so my brain is still like decompressing a little bit. <laughs> uh, let's uh, check out who is in uh, out in Toronto right now. I did have a video camera. Uh, oh, I, yeah. uh, the first time I moved out of my parents' place, I lived for three months with a roommate who Arlo knows. And uh, for two of the three months that we lived together, he needed help covering rent. So he sold me things. One of the things he sold <laughs> me was his video camera. <laughs> Did you have your feet up on the desk? We're chomping a big cigar, going, <laughs> counting your money, yeah. and he's like crying. The two items that I purchased from him: uh, video camera, and uh, a, uh, I think it was probably about eighteen to twenty CDs in the Time Life Sounds of the Eighties collection. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yep, that's solid. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Then I moved out. I mean, he's lived on his own from that point on. So, you know, supposedly. He's either figured out how to make money, you know, or I don't know, sucking dick. I don't know. <laughs> well, he can't videotape it now anymore, so I guess yeah. that's good. Uh, <laughs> like he didn't he didn't foresee OnlyFans coming in, so he's like, Oh fuck, I could be a millionaire by now. Yeah. Putting the two together. Uh so hi everybody. I'm Alan. Uh this uh was supposed to be the first of three evenings in a row this weekend where I was going to do some podcasting. So when I talked to Sarah about it and I was like, man, the weekend's going to be really busy. Uh, 
I like I have to podcast every night. Her response to me was, "Must be hard being a white guy with opinions." So, <laughs> Sarah for the win. Yep. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's head uh, stateside. Uh, Stacy, we sent you a gift from Canada uh, over yes. the course of the last week. Uh, so you're welcome. Yes, thank you mm-hmm. for the wildfire smoke. It was great down here in New York. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I don't leave my house anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it was spooky and kooky, and people were acting like idiots. So it was almost like COVID again, just with smoke. Nice. And people yeah. still being like, I don't need a mask. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> it's like you're breathing in wildfire particles that go into your bloodstream. But okay, Ugh. don't wear a mask. Good idea. Did you All thank? Right. Did you thank Justin Trudeau? That's what we do up here. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Uh, well, is it thanking him or blaming him? Uh, well, the thank you is uh, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah. I was seeing you a lot s- of people blaming him well i mean it's kind of it's like an offshoot from the whole like thanks obama for like everything that goes wrong kind of thing people do the same thing up here it's like any possible thing that goes wrong people like thanks trudeau whether he had anything Mm -hmm. to do with it or not there was a horrific bus accident in manitoba uh yesterday where i think 10 people died and 15 other people are hurt and 15 people died and 10 people are hurt. that's fucking terrible yeah and The uh, there was a uh, you know like not a legitimate conservative media person but like you know one of these fucking you know bloggers that a lot of people follow that mm-hmm. said you know this accident happened and then I don't think he was being sarcastic when he said this is Trudeau's Canada on his tweet. Oh my <laughs> god! Sake. Yep. So anyways. Right. Yep. It happens here too, everybody. <laughs> so sometimes I think we have life it's too easy. Like I think we should maybe just like go into a depression like the 30s again and people like eating their hats and maybe <laughs> making their children go to work and then if the children if the child dies like child disappears you might eat the kid, you know, something like that. Like really deep stuff. So because people have it too easy now I think because they complain about stuff like this. It's ridiculous. Yep. I mean I would prefer to not live with undue hardship but you know, you can wish for your wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, not me. I'm fine with my life. Well, I, them. I will say this. I found out last week when the wildfire smoke was blowing down here that a lot of people didn't know that New York borders Canada and couldn't understand <laughs> why the wind Love was coming. Like, how is smoke from Canada coming to New York? It's like y- you do realize we're a border state. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, but I'm saluting right now. <laughs> <laughs> America. Uh, America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm picturing actually when James Brown was uh, living in America. What Rocky was that? Rocky Five, maybe? Four. Rocky Four. Rocky the best Four. Rock music video of all time. I'm picturing that being America most of the time. <laughs> Just everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love oh, it. It's- yeah, it, it, I approve. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. By the way, I saw that movie New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty-five, with my parents and my brother. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, a great sweet. choice for a New Year's movie. We used to do New Year's movies like we had like a six-year run, and we saw uh, Rocky Four. We saw Little House of Horrors, a Little Shop of Horrors. We saw Throw Mama from the Train, um, oh, Naked yeah. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Solid gold. Yeah. But besides that, <laughs> we have we have a show to talk about. Speaking so of video. You, <laughs> speaking of video, hey-o, uh boom. Uh do you want to talk about this episode? I hope so, because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just here. <laughs> we're just here to hang out. So <laughs> what's up? Okay. <clears throat> so this one is episode 17, titled Betrayal, bum, 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 bum. and it's directed by Mark Snarsky, who has been with us before. He directed Riverdale, iZombie, Gossip Girl, 90210, The Reboot, which happened in like 2008. That's crazy. Yeah, that and, it, it's such a long time ago now. Did you watch that? Anybody watch that? I tried to, but <laughs> I was like, I can't. Uh, I'm like, I'm too old for this now. 
90210, the reboot, is retro television. So yeah, that's right. it's crazy to think about, but yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. He also directed yeah. a couple episodes of one of my favorite shows in the entire world, Veronica Mars. Yes, yes, yes. And we got the writer, Jill Gordon. Ooh, look at this resume. Uh, the Wonder Years, 30-something, Doogie Hauser, Silver Spoons, Benson, One Day at a Time, Archie Bunker's Place, and Different Strokes, among others. So she's in some, some like, not TGIF TV, but whatever t- whatever the equivalent was in, like, say, the pre-TGIF era. I feel like well, and clearly got involved with this team through, like, 30-something and The Wonder Years, which we've seen many people on this project crossover mm-hmm. from those shows yeah i feel like if you're writing for archie bunker it's kind of like mm-hmm. oh i can write a whole bunch of racist stuff and then be like no 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 <laughs> he's supposed to be an idiot mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i agree a lot with what he's saying he doesn't he doesn't mean the stuff i've written it's supposed <laughs> to be silly everyone yeah it's satire yeah <laughs> So this here episode, we'll just uh, jump right in. It's uh, January 12th, 1995. I just want to mention uh, three lists that I pulled online of the best My So-Called Life episodes ever. According to Slant Magazine, this one ranks at number one. Uh, Oh, with the bullet. Yeah, and on uh, Looper.com ranks at number four. And according to IMDb... Uh, at least the ratings that Screen Rant posted, I don't know how many years ago, this is at number one. So, wow, wow. Yep. So, well, and also IMDb notes it's on Vultures, the 100 best episodes of the 1994 1995 TV season. That's not a good list. Featured on that. And uh, but I mean, it's a list that came out in 2014, so I don't know why they're looking back to 1994 and 95, but they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many fucking? But it's like, on that list of a hundred. Like Good job. we watched, <laughs> we watched 5,000 episodes of television from 1994 <laughs> yeah. as part of our research, and then ranked That's them. Right. Like I don't understand the science behind this list. <laughs> Very scientific. Yep. <laughs> Every show is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Monday Night yeah. Raw episode January first. <laughs> Monday Night Raw January eighth. Monday Night Raw January fifteenth. Yeah, <laughs> love it. So we open on Angela in voiceover, and Angela's surmising about her past love slash obsession with Jordan Catalano, and then one day, cue "Blister in the Sun" by Violent Femmes. She got over it, and we have a prolong a very fairly lengthy bedroom pajama dance scene here I and they said, really dive into the song because they go like the the fast part and the, the the quiet quiet part then back to the loud part like they really let it play out i said for 90 seconds they played the song <laughs> wow yeah that's most okay. of the song i love this scene me too have you ever yes. had this experience where you've gone through some kind of breakup and you are brokenhearted and it consumes you and you become like an empty shell of a person. And then like one day you get over it and it's like, so, so freeing and it's so, it's such a relief. And like, they kind of capture that in this Angela moment. Yeah. And I like that has happened to me and it's happened to me later in my life where I was just like, this is my blister in the sun moment. Uh, like, <laughs> for real. I'm Angela. Nice. <laughs> That's, that was your moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. I am Angela Chase dancing around my bedroom to blister in the sun. That is how this feels right now. And I'm so relieved that it is not consuming me this way anymore. Yeah. I like so, this episode. Scoff it- all you like. But it's like, no, no. Hey, I'm going to scoff at everything (laughs) with this. But (laughs) I I do like the director like they let it play out because I was thinking earlier about other shows, including Degrassi, Next Generation. They I think the writers and directors, they're a bit scared to leave like empty air and just to like let it play and just let Mm -hmm. the viewer you don't need to do the as I heard this evening somewhere else. It was like you don't need to do the viewers homework. Right. Like allow the viewer to feel, to relate to that feeling. Like you don't need to say, 
And Angela's like in voiceover going like, I'm dancing around because I'm really happy that I am actually, <laughs> I've come to a moment where I've had the recognition. It's like, no, no, no. You can just say over it and people will relate on a human level. You don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to get that yeah. intense with it. Yeah. People will, you know, I always, I always think about that stuff. Like say, uh, with, with any, like a scene about what it means to you or music, I remember when Noel Gallagher said about Martha, my dear, was one of his favorite Beatles songs. But then he's like, and then I read an article. I found out it was about Paul McCartney's fucking dog. And <laughs> then it just ruined it for him. So anyways. <laughs> I read a little bit about Blister in the Sun as well. It's um, Ooh, from tell. 1983, actually. Um, so mm -hmm. Angela's a little late to the party, maybe. A um, bit of a resurgence after it was featured in this show. Um, everyone seems to think it's about masturbation, but uh, the guy from the Violent Femmes who wrote it uh, says it is not. It is about the feeling of being under the influence of drugs. <laughs> 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 and that's it. Yes. And there's nothing deeper than that. Nice. And he originally wrote it for, um, for a woman to sing, hmm. not for a man to sing. And I think... When a man sang it, that's where all of the masturbation sort of mm. imagery came from because it's talking about stained sheets and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. And about big hands being the one. Oh, yeah. But really, <laughs> it's about her being attracted to a guy who has big hands, not that Ooh. his own big hands are the one. Yeah. So, yeah. This still, this still uh, is, a, is a jam. Oh, yeah. It is a jam. Always. It's a perennial jam. Like, I will always like this song. I always love this song. It's great. Fantastique. I was introduced to the Violent Femmes by my next door neighbor, who was four years older than me. Um, a lot of my musical taste came from people older than me because older siblings of friends, older cousins that I have. So, yeah, Adrio is the one who introduced me to Violent Femmes when I was like, I don't know, like, nine or ten <laughs> oh nice Femmes, for me i've introduced through this show and probably reality bites oh well. yes uh-huh <laughs> so down in the chase kitchen we're still in voiceover with angela thinking that it was uh like justin catalano was surgically removed from her heart justin and she catalano. was free oh my did i say Justin? we were talking about <laughs> justin trudeau <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I'm sorry. In my mind, like they're melding together, and I'm just like, oh, so beautiful. That, that's what I love. It. <laughs> the the sexiest of them all. That's yeah. my Freudian slip. It's like. <laughs> so down in the kitchen, and she. They also had that uh, tin uh, maple syrup can, yes. mm -hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, that's a jam right there. That's the fancy stuff. Uh, it's I, not I actually I specifically noted that they had real maple syrup instead of <laughs> garbage. It's like you're goddamn right you're happy eating that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> we jump to the school stage and we see uh, Absinthia Abyssinia, which I'm going to screw up every single time I say it. Abyssinia. Churchill. <laughs> Abyssinia. Yes. Did you ever meet an Abyssinia? No. 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 Me neither. So it's played by Karen Melina White. And guess how old was she at the time of this sh of shooting this 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 show? Forty guesses. Twenty six. <laughs> you say forty? Yep. To, uh, lower than forty, but higher than twenty six. Oh Jesus! Higher? Twenty nine? Yep. Twenty nine. Bang! Oh my God. Wow. She was twenty nine at the time. She was born nineteen sixty five. So yeah, all I can wow. picture her saying is. Lance, which was on the Cosby show or a different world, I believe <laughs> that was her. That was her boyfriend, Lance. <laughs> so they're auditioning for the play Our Town, which is kind of a go to of any show or I've known more about Our Town than any other play ever, because it's always the go to of like the high school play right. or a play there. You know, have you ever seen that before? It's just. It seems like always the go-to. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons it's the go-to play is because it, like, it has sets and all that stuff, but it's, like, meta-theatrical. So it it actually is set inside the theater in which it is playing. 
Oh, good choice. I actually had to read about this today because I've never seen Our Town. I've never played in Our Town. I've never read Our Town, which is weird for a theater (laughs) kid, I guess. But um, yeah, I was kind of reading about it and it had mentioned that it's like set in the theater in which it is being played. And I was like, well, like that makes sense. And it doesn't matter what anything looks like because it it is what it (laughs) is, right? So you can just build whatever. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And also it's super renowned. Like it's a super important play. It was described by Edward Albee, who is also a great playwright as the greatest American play ever written. Hmm. In fact, I looked it up on YouTube. It's two hours long. You can watch several uh, different renditions of it. But I've decided to watch this dude playing Metal Gear Solid 24 hours a day <laughs> on a stream. So, sorry, our town. <laughs> Solid Snake wins out. Uh, video I, games. I, in a sense, uh, my understanding is there's like a stage manager because it's taking place in the theater or whatever. So there's a stage manager who acts as like the narrator, basically. And it goes through the lives of the people who live in this town in three acts so we have ricky ray ann and angela they're in the balcony and they're watching absinthia uh, <laughs> lance <laughs> um agreeing uh, that she is really good we find out that they've convinced ray ann to audition uh but absinthia is says oh geez i gotta find something else is psyching her out because just watching her uh, ray ann's losing her confidence and they're trying to convince her to stay in the play. And Rayanne says that she became Angela when she rehearsed for her last night for Angela. And playing the role of Emily, she's sweet and innocent. And Angela doesn't know what to think about this uh, perspective. And uh, says that Rayanne wouldn't think she was so sweet and innocent if she knew about the dream she had about Corey Helfrich <laughs> last night. Ooh. I like that she's like, yeah, that dream, like, he had ten cocks and I fucked them all. (laughs) (laughs) In my dreams. (laughs) I guess, too, when you're young, you have nothing to hold on to, but you're like, well, I'm kind of not a virgin. Like, it happened in my dreams. (laughs) But uh, but really, uh, Angela isn't that innocent of a person, right? No. Like, I, she is when it comes to, you know, she doesn't want to sleep with Jordan or whatever, which is fine. But, you know, in terms of the fucked up shit that she sometimes does to people, <laughs> she's not actually that innocent. Uh-huh. Britney Spears would sing a song about it five years later. <laughs> <laughs> Called Innocent, I Am Not. So Angela proclaims uh, that she is so over Jordan Catalano, and this time she means it. She lists the reasons why, being one, they were only girlfriend-boyfriend for like a split second. Two, she doesn't think they were really meant for each other. Also, Ricky acknowledges during this conversation that he has also dreamed about Corey Heldrick and his <laughs> ten cocks in, uh, as well. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's all about it. Uh, they're still chatting, and unbeknownst to Angela at first, uh, Rayanne is emulating her mannerisms uh, right before she goes on stage. And Angela figures this out, and then they have a laugh, and they stop. She says, stop studying me, and puts her out on stage. Uh, Katimski calls her out, and she starts her audition. Cut to old 90s video camera static. (laughs) And someone has a video camera. Who could it be? Hope it's not a pervert. (laughs) Uh, There's someone taping Delia and Sharon discussing. I think it's the layout of the yearbook. And the person continues to follow them around the room. And this is Krakow with a mix of headshots and perv shots. Yes. He cannot. So he's, we see him filming he, Sharon's ass and then later her yep. boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He, he cannot help himself. Well, you know, his style is like Tarantino. <laughs> That's <the> right. <laughs> without the violence. Just, so yeah. you, got, you got to get something in there. Just with the ace. Yeah, I got it. Um, we have more wheeling around the room with the video camera and Delia, Delia, Delia shoots crack out like a look of death, which is totally <laughs> deserved. Oh, it's withering. 
just disgusted by him. I am glad. <laughs> I am glad that you know they didn't do like a Save by the Bell job on Delia, where you know she's in for that one episode and then you're never to be seen again. Like, nope, Delia's yeah. still going to the school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, amazing. Yeah, she did not die on the way back to her home planet. Good <laughs> no. job, Delia. You win. And uh, he asked about like Krakow just can't not. He can't just stop. So he has, even though he's pissed the two girls off, he has to ask about the budget for the video. Even though he's just a knob going around with a video camera, he says, "What about the budget for the video?" And Sharon says, "There is no none. Uh, they don't have any because the principal uh, Foster didn't wa- even want a video. She just wants some candid shots around the school of people hanging out." To which Krakow has to ask, "Uh, where do people hang out?" And you go well. That's true, Greg. <laughs> you did need to ask that. Also, Brian, you're holding the budget for the video. Like, all the budget mm. was spent on that fucking camera. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> go, to the, uh, go to the pawn shop. No problem. Uh-huh. There's, your bu- there's your budget right there. I mean, I guess he needs money for tape, right? Sure. Videotape. In the hall with Rayanne and Angela, Rayanne thinks that her pal Absinthia Cynia uh, probably got the part, but Angela disagrees and says that she hardly knows her and that she is proud of Rayanne. She's regretting that she that uh, during her audition she should have cried more like Angela. And as she's pantomiming Angela, Ricky rolls up and says, "Why are you crying like Angela?" Which <laughs> which was pretty funny. Uh-huh. They have a laugh at that. Uh, Rayanne says that Corey's behind her. He's walking up, but Angela doesn't believe it and starts telling the story about the dream she had last night. And he's wearing a towel made of saltine crackers and they're crumbling. And Corey comes into the conversation and compliments Rayanne and says, nice cry. So they didn't really know he was there. But uh, Ricky says Corey saw this because he's in the drama group as a scenery painter and then backs off and just says, probably as to not look totally stalker esque. <laughs> good good save, Ricky. Uh Rayanne jokes about what type of crackers he has with his soup and Ray Ann and Ricky run off. Uh we should also mention that Corey is like he looks like he's like twenty five, yes. Oh yeah. He he did like the what, glasses. Too. What's Angela's type? It is twenty five year olds. Man, <laughs> Yes, 25-year-old men. Yeah, I just got my bachelor degree. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Enter Jordan Catalano across the hall, accompanied by a soundtrack of some tense bongo drumming. <laughs> I, didn't think there was, I didn't think there was such a thing, but I listened back a couple times. I'm like, yeah, that's some tense bongo drumming. Uh, Angela and Jordan exchange quick, awkward glances, and Angela takes opportunity to chat up Corey. About the scenery painting. And while looking over his shoulder to see if Jordan Catalano reacts, Corey blabbers on about the scenery. And Angela takes this time to, to totally break into a voiceover, which is you can't hear what Corey's saying. She's convincing herself that she's actually interested in what he's saying and not because <laughs> Jordan Catalano's watching. All the while, you can't hear what Corey is saying, which I thought was, which I thought was a good touch. Yeah, nice touch there. Because I'm sure what he was saying was really boring anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Are you? Look what do you mean? And then we're gonna, we're going to paint the trees, and we're going to the trunks. <laughs> they're going to be brown, and then when we get to the leaves, we're going to switch to the green. And we have to mix a couple of colors to get this green <laughs> because it's not a regular green. The key is you stroke up. Not sideways. Up only. <laughs> not sideways. Up. No sideways. <laughs> like, how'd you get this? Oh, another guy who's beautiful who got this far in life and didn't have to think at all. One Thanks, of, Corey. One of our <laughs> listen, one of our listeners out there who's super passionate about painting is just like so sad right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I would find it interesting. <laughs> Sorry. So Jordan Catalano is about to walk by the two and Angela then ramps it up a notch and she's even more enthusiastic saying that she'd love to help. Definitely. She'd love to. Definitely. And I think Corey basically asked what she's talking about. So 
And, you know, she does the, uh, as she's flirting with him, you know, she tucks her hair behind her ear. Like, that's such a big thing for her to do. Yeah. She's going, she's going for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. (laughs) But I do like, what are you talking about? She's like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, God. I, I, I don't miss high school. I really don't. But I miss <laughs> watching shows like this from that, like being in that age range or at least close to it. Like I kind of miss really relating to stuff because now I'm just old and bitter. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, God, good. the things you'll do for a boy. And you you Pete. watching this at the time, you're like, that's really sweet. And now today you watch it and you're like, fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Yeah. Not exactly, but it was pretty funny because at the time I was on um, crew for my uh, community college because I was an acting major, but I never got any parts, so I was on crew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, in the Chase Kitchen with our favorites, Graham and Patty, and the phone rings, and Graham tells her that it's, uh, if it's Haley, tell her he's not here because he hasn't read the prospectus yet. I don't know what that is, like. It's a Whatever. plan for the restaurant, if like I'm not mistaken. Plan. Like a business plan. It, is that called a prospectus? That's what Haley calls it. Or am it. I miss? Yeah. I, I believe, like, per, uh, I thought she was saying perspectives. No, it's a no, oh, perspective. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's a perspectives. Okay, I don't yeah. know. Wow. Okay, there you go. I wouldn't correct I, Haley anyway. My because brain you're get- knows this to mean, like, the projected numbers or something. I mean, yeah, it's funny how they go to the uh, lengths of being like, we need a business plan and we need to prospect this and we need to go through this. But at the same time, Graham has a hobby in cooking, so he's just going to be the chef. Mm-hmm. Like, Arlo, you wrote in for the past couple of weeks. Remember? Yes. You said you you said you changed your mind and you mm. totally support this idea. They have a yeah. dream, Arlo, and I mean, they're going to do it. Especially now that Brad's money is out and Graham is putting his own money into it. Yeah. Presumably. Because it was Brad's money. I'm glad now you've seen Now it's just and Graham. So Here, where's this mm-hmm. money coming from? Prospectus. Yeah. A printed document that advertises or describes a school, commercial enterprise, forthcoming book, etc. in order to attract or inform clients, members, members, buyers, or investors. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Uh, amateur chef with no professional experience, head cook. <laughs> That's what they wrote. Exactly. Want to invest? <laughs> People be like, uh, hey, no. <laughs> here's my partner, Hallie. I'm not banging her yet. Wink. It's like, okay, <laughs> come on. Come on, man. You dirtbag. So uh, Patty has gone cut her hands, so she can't answer the phone. Uh, Graham answers, and it's Camille for Patty. Uh, there's a clothing drive at the church, and she's looking for clothes, donations. Um, Graham says that he has two items to donate. <laughs> Great. You, oh, my goodness. What a saint. Graham's like, Pat- no, but he's like me. I, you know, I have clothes that I haven't worn in years and I don't want to get rid of them, rid of them just in case I might have to wear something again. Mm. <laughs> I felt yeah. him on that one. <laughs> like I've gotten rid of clothes, you know, uh, when I was from when I was 50 pounds heavier because I'm never getting to that weight again. So I got rid of those. Not rid of. I donated them. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have way too many things that I probably should also give away. But no, I'm like him. I'm like, no, I might have to wear this somewhere. You never know. Oh, I'm looking forward to emptying my closet, but it goes on the list and then it goes off the list and then it <laughs> comes back on the list. Maybe six months later, going, I should really do that. Should I buy more hangers <laughs> for like stuff that I haven't worn in years and years and years? I was like, I'll be at the store with hangers in my hand going, I can't buy more hangers. <laughs> I need to get rid of stuff. <laughs> So we have Patty, and uh, Patty says he has way more than that to give. Phone rings, Patty answers, and it's Haley. She says Graham is here, but he's in the shower. Uh-huh. The save. We have Static again, and back to Incelevision <laughs> with Brian Krakow. <laughs> and we're at the pool hall. 
he zooms on, <laughs> zooms in on a guy who's the Chef Boyardee Terminator, who is playing pool and he pushes past them. He's a, he's well, a this bit guy, of a goofy boy. This guy he's wearing is a sunglasses. Tough guy, tough guy is what he's billed as, <laughs> and it's actually Josh Gummersall, who is oh, uh, Devin, Devin Gummersall's brother. brother. Oh, look at that, Gumballerman. There's two mm-hmm. Gumballerman brothers. Uh, yes. He's wearing a sunglass in to- inside. That's in a pool hall. How difficult would that be? You can't see anything. <laughs> oh man, be stubborn. Is that my what toe. it is? Is a it's a pool hall? Yeah. It looked like a bar to me, and I was like, why would all these high school kids be hanging out it's, in a bar? But okay, a pool hall makes a lot more sense. It's Louis. I, they've re- referred to it before. Louis the pool hall? I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, that's when okay. uh, when Angela showed up there because she knew Jordan was there and went over to talk to him when he was playing pool, and he blew her off. Right. Yeah. It's the same hall. But uh, Brian, it, it is the nicest pool hall in the world because no one is kicking the shit out of Brian for fucking filming them while they're inside there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, he would eat that camera. Yep. It, like, why, why he's not, I don't know. Like, do you want to film what it looks like up your ass, Brian? Because that's where the camera's going. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. It's like, especially then, too, I mean, well... Somebody with a video camera, you'd be like, okay, what the fuck? Okay, guy, relax. So we have... It's a a school year-end video, and it's... Like, I get you want to video some of the people from the school, but if I recall correctly, my year-end senior video didn't... The only thing that we had off property was prom in the video. (laughs) Everything else was from school well, so it's kind of weird that he's going to a pool hall to record all these people and that none of them went up to him and been like put that camera out of my like get that camera out of my face or like threaten his life and also that the school <laughs> is just like yes you can take the piece of equipment out of the school and into a bar right. that's yeah. totally fine 100 i know how yeah. that that's a real thing that happens so <laughs> yeah here this is me Punch in a hole in the drywall of the pool hall. Get that in your video. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, no. Not part of school. We got Ricky and Rayanne are there, and Ricky tells the camera that she's upset because she auditioned for Our Town and he's about to go on, but uh, doesn't get the finish because he's dragged off by Rayanne. And Jordan Catalano is also in the house with a beer in his jacket. Well, and Ooh, we guy. see that Rayanne is drinking. Yeah. Yes. Right. She's so, with Flask. Yes, I guess she, and she hadn't been drinking really up to this point, right. as far as we knew. So, um, I guess we get the impression that her the stress that she's experiencing from waiting for the no town, uh, no town, the our town thing to <laughs> uh, come out. If I was auditioning for O Town, I would also be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for our town, yeah, like I, I, we get that she's she's stressing about this and doesn't think she's going to get the part, and this is leading her to drink you casually. Could, you could already tell that she was drinking just from the way she was speaking before she even showed the flask. Right, you're just, you're just thinking, oh no, here we go. <laughs> it is kind of out of nowhere, though. Like the last time we saw her, I think drinking, she just like had a swig of beer in line or whatever and everyone was like oh i'm very worried about this so we haven't <laughs> really slow. seen any like backslide from her until this moment yeah although i mean it's understandable though because i mean she's auditioning for a play which is something leanne leanne rayanne probably would never expect to do in her life and now she's really worried about it and that sort of thing when you're a drinker would probably put you over the edge sure I know it put me over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Ricky says he doesn't want to hang out with her to watch her get plastered. And while he says this, she takes a swig, a swally from her metal flask. Uh, Rayanne and Jordan Catalano start chatting as they couldn't be more. They must have seen each other and go. Are you as conspicuous hiding your drink as I am? Because I'd like to talk to you about your style. Because <laughs> it's like they're looking from side to side. 
like have like it's almost like as if a cartoon is trying to sneak a drink. They're like, yes, huh, nobody, <laughs> nobody better see me. Huh? I'm gonna have a little swally here. And they're so <laughs> like, obvious about it too. Yeah, it's so funny. Yep, with the arch shoulders and like, ugh, come on, come on, guys, <laughs> do be- do better. And like, if you're gonna sneak that shit, go to the bathroom or something. What are you doing? Don't do it out in the open, right by the main entrance of the place. <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> right under a light, like, yeah. come on. By the cigarette machine where everyone's going to walk. Like, no. Go into, like, a (laughs) hall somewhere. So, uh, Jordan Catalano says, can I see that? (laughs) (laughs) So, Jordan is still working on his human language when he he wants to, I think, ask, can I have some? But he says, that's, yeah, that's what I say when I go to a restaurant. I go... I point to something on the menu and I go, can I see that? Uh, I like what? Use the Jordan voice, please. Oh, uh, can I see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I see other things too? <laughs> okay, Jordan, relax, buddy. You mean you want another drink? Uh, yeah. Yeah, please. So, um, Krakow is recording all of this from across the room. And Jordan Catalano and Rayanne head out to the parking lot. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so we're in the parking lot. And Jordan Catalano and Rayanne are drunk. Uh, Jordan asks who she is here with. And Rayanne assures her that Angela is not here, If in case he's wondering. Rayanne starts talking about the play and how she could never be Emily slash Angela. She's so innocent, like she doesn't know she's innocent. There's some confusion between the two around whether they're talking about Emily, the character, or Angela, the person. <laughs> he mumbles something about Angela talking to Corey, and he's like, so mad. But, uh, yeah, he's he, but he can't put all this. He, he can't put his thought together. So he's he's all kinds of fooled up. He's clearly talking about Angela one point, though, where uh, Emma, or, uh, Rayanne says, you know, Emily always says innocent stuff like, oh, isn't the moonlight terrible? And Jordan's like, yeah, she's always saying innocent stuff like that. <laughs> she's <laughs> always talking about the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, Jordan, not really. <laughs> I don't think she is. I think she is. It is. <laughs> What? <laughs> and then he's like, sometimes I think I really know Angela, and then other times we're like strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, ooh, they, they lock eyes, and he says hi, and she says hey, and we have a drunken makeup. Burr, 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 burr. A2. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Arlo closes Rayanne. her eyes and okay. like kisses the TV. <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> I I think here though, so you know, I could get like you're drunk, you're not, and you know, you're not thinking straight, obviously. And they start to like kiss, standing out there. So I'm like, okay, like shitty, but I'm buying it so far, right? But then mm, they stop yeah. and like Jordan like very purposefully and meticulously walks over to his car and slowly opens the door and uh-huh. then they sl- and it's He's like a gentleman right like it's it's you could i mean it's they're going to blame being drunk but it's like this was quite deliberate this whole way through oh yeah but they well, both they're both know, it, it tracks right you know I, like i feel like Rayanne's the kind of person that gets some kind of self-esteem or validation from fooling around with guys. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter who it is kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And I don't know, Jordan's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So. And then I feel like Brian, who is filming it, as we're going to see. Yeah. yeah. Filming the whole thing. But I also like to think that, He's doing like a combination of like a role play and a cuckold thing where he's like, okay, I'll pretend that Rayanne is Angela and then I have to watch. (laughs) (laughs) 
And after this, and uh, after this, that uh, Brian is videotaping, he's gonna go home and squeeze his penis so hard it turns into diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's, he he has this like dull look on his face, but I think he's loving this. It's he just fuck. oh fuck. I, the part that I don't know in terms of their intention in writing this scene is again in the writers' heads. Do they think that Brian, noble's too far a word, but like Brian's doing something where it's like he should be capturing this because this is this ultimate betrayal. Because no matter what the circumstance, it's fucking creepy. Like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's just wrong. And there's no, at no point, I believe, in the rest of this episode, when people find out that he filmed it, they're like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, (laughs) yeah. It's just Brian has the footage, and it's like, no, Brian, the creepy little fuckboy, has the footage. And in a time of understanding consent a little bit more in 2023, it's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Because the last scene of this scene, the last shot, is him focusing in on the steaming up window of the car. Right. So, And how close did he get after the point where it cuts (laughs) off, too? Like, everybody is so... Like, oh, well, this proves that they did it, right? And it's like, they could have just been making out in the back of the car. Doesn't mean yeah. they had sex, but everybody's like 100% sure that they did and that the videotape proves it. So I'm just like, <laughs> does the videotape? Like, how close did you get? Also, does this <laughs> does this constitute as filming child pornography? I mean, not for Jordan. Uh, He's a 30-year-old man, but... Right, like, because um, just because it ended when we went to commercial doesn't mean that the tape ended. He no. could have taped Correct. the whole damn thing. <laughs> and then Brian Krakow, he probably did. He, Brian would have crawled in the car if he thought he could be stealth enough. <laughs> get in. He'd be like in the front seat. He'd, going, be, on, he'd be on the, uh, the back of the car looking through the window. <laughs> he'd be on the console going, shh, shh, I'm not here. Shh, be quiet. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Ugh. Yep, perv. So, all that's done, and we're at school in Krakow, and Rayanne separately, awkwardly passed by Angela. Um, Angela calls out to Rayanne, but she ignores her. And Angela in voiceover saying that when you call out somebody and they don't answer, it can feel very lonely. Or what I do is when I call out to somebody, I pretend I didn't call out to them because <laughs> it looks awkward and weird. Uh-huh. And just, or I'll say to myself, "Oh no, that's fine. That's good. No, I'll catch him another time." Anybody who's listening <laughs> around me, thank you. <laughs> that's like a that's a TV and movie thing to do too. What you just described, because mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen at least six scenes of someone doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she accidentally bumps into Corey, and she's and Angela's all smiles. And they don't get to speak before Ricky descends on the duo. And he's also all smiles. They're gunned for the same target. And Corey has big news. The painting, the oak tree, is a play after school. Jesus. And all will attend. Uh, though All will attend, though they weren't all invited. And Ricky and Angela are excited. I don't care how cute Corey is. Whenever he's like, oh, we're painting the oak tree, doesn't matter who you are, the sound is, <laughs> like, <laughs> no thanks. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we see one Justin Catalano brooding at his locker. Jordan Catalano. Oh, did I say Justin Catalano again? Yeah. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, you, you devil. <laughs> Stealing my heart and whatnot. Thanks, Trudeau. Uh, yeah. You curl, you curly-haired butte. Stop <laughs> running with your shirt off. You and having public photos about it. Stop it. You don't need to do that. Wear a shirt. It's fine. So he sees Rayanne about to look at the call sheet for the play, and Rayanne says that she uh, was really out of it last night. He agrees that he was too. The bell rings, and they awkwardly part ways. Mm-hmm. We're at the Chase's house, and Hallie is at the door. Uh, there's confusion as to she thought that they were meeting at the house and not the office. 
Camille is there and uh, as well, and they have an introduction. Camille's folding clothes for the clothes drive for the church. Uh, when I was watching this, even the second time, I forgot that they were in a clothes drive, and I thought Camille was helping fold the family laundry, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, oh, that's another level of intimacy. Like, weird. But anyway, it turns out, no. So I had to erase my notes and say, no, it wasn't the laundry. It was actually the uh, yeah church, church clothes drive. They all say how forgetful they are, and they have a mild laugh about it. Phone rings, and it's Graham. Hallie talks to him and is probably a bit too friendly for Patty and Camille's liking. Tisk tisk. Camille my part. does not like this. Nope. At Patty's all. like, yeah, no. Camille, Camille is is on the synth of Hallie. The crazy synth of Hallie. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie passes along the message, do you need him? And Camille is like, says, I'm not going to touch that one. And I say, Camille, girl, you nasty. (laughs) So (laughs) they bond over, they bond or something over Angela or Danielle's first dress. They pick it up and they look at it and go, oh, you know, oh, you know, people are. As as Hallie is leaving, Patty says that she they should all get together, including Guy Smiley, a.k.a. Brad. Hallie does not correct her that there's no more Brad. Uh-huh. Hallie yes. leaves. So of and, note, Graham yeah. has not told Patty. Oh. And Hallie does not correct her either. Ruh-roh. That's not good. Hallie leaves and Patty says she is sweet. Camille is unconvinced. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another tisk tisk. In the yearbook room, Sharon asks if Krakow got any video last night. <laughs> and he goes, why? What did you hear? Not suspiciously uh, at all. Penis? Uh, uh, no, uh, vagina? Uh, uh, what? Yeah. My bathing suit area. <laughs> no! Okay, <laughs> uh, hey, Krakow. Relax. Uh, he says he went to Louis <laughs> the pool hall, but doesn't elaborate. So he just says, I went to Louis," And that's it. Delia is there and wants no part of Krakow. Uh, he won't hand over the tape and won't say what the problem is. <laughs> this is like perfect worst move. He asked Delia, uh, Delia he's like, uh, can we be can we be alone? Can I talk to Sharon alone? <laughs> if if she'll excuse them, <laughs> yes. To, like you are smooth, man. You are you are so smooth, Krakow. Also, nice. Brian Krakow doesn't know how tapes work because he's <laughs> like he can't. He's like I can't even hand you the tape. Like it's not like that device in fucking like Star Wars where you like flick it on and you get like the little projection of what's happening like right in your palm <laughs> uh, of your yes. hand. Like. There's still actions that have to be done before she can see the contents of said tape, but he's just like, you can't even hold this. Like, nope, there, yeah, too much fucking yeah. in it. You'll know right away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, what a stud. <laughs> we cut. We cut the female washroom, and Sharon is freaking out to Delia about the so, news so quietly too. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Like, I love how yeah, Brian like. Ask Delia to leave and then tell Sharon and Sharon immediately goes to Delia anyway. (laughs) Not even just to Delia, right? They're standing in the washroom with people like visibly surrounding Uh them. And she's like like, 25 (laughs) other people. And they (laughs) fucked and probably in the ass. And oh, my God. Using full names. Like she might as well have started spinning in a circle with her fists out, like Ray, with her arms. Rayanne Graff like... and fucking Justin <laughs> Catalano. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is all happening. She's spinning and spinning and spinning, and all this stuff is happening. And she goes to open a stall, and who do we see? Bum, ba, ba, ba. Angela. Uh-oh. Now, and here, they lock eyes. Here's one thing that I appreciate again, Kills right? Kills a fucking priest. We, yeah. Right. Now, now, when we get to part two of this episode next week, I'm going to talk about a, an amazing fucking like television sitcom trope that we're going to do um, that made me roll my eyes. But in this case, I appreciate that there's not this long, drawn-out sequence of events that has to take place for the information to get to Angela, right? 
Right. Sure, Bri- just let it get to her. Brian yeah. told Sharon, Sharon yeah. told Dally in the washroom, Angela overheard. We are from point A to point B in what? Two minutes? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love the, uh, like, agreed. I love the, uh, the editing of this, just going, lock eyes with Angela and cut. Yeah. Perfect. Because you, the viewer puts it together. Okay, so this is this has gone viral basically in the school. Okay, got it. Perfect. So Krakow talks to Ricky in the hall and he has something to talk about, and Ricky is the only one he can go to. Again, cut. You're putting it all together. Uh-huh. Uh backstage area, Angela tells Ricky that Sharon is pulling a number on her, and which is that Rayanne did it. Oh, I, I gotta say it again. Did it. Because, you know, I love to say that uh, with Justin Catalano. Oh, what did I do? No. <laughs> Trudeau. Uh, thanks, Justin. Th- so Jordan Catalano. And that was <laughs> that Krakow has video evidence. She figures Sharon would no longer be jealous of Ray. And this is all Angela surmising. Uh, but guesses she isn't. She isn't over it yet of uh, their jealousy of Ray Ann being her new friend. Ricky makes himself very busy painting. <laughs> Angela and Angela asked rhetorically why she would why Sharon would say such a thing. Ricky finally pulls the trigger and says, "Because it's true." Angela is left straight faced. Like I couldn't even say anything. I was looking at her, like going, "What is she? She's just straight faced. Like she might be gobsmacked. She might be anything. She's just." There's probably every reaction and no reaction at the same time. Well, and good on Ricky for just being a straight shooter about this one. Yeah. You know, he could have just been like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you should talk to Rayanne about it or something. But like, no, he was like, no. Good friend, though. You don't want to hear it, but you're going to hear it eventually. (laughs) And that is actually the end of part one, part one of this episode. Dun, dun, dun. Uh huh. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Any thoughts about this this first part? Well, I mean, this whole episode is called Betrayal, right? Angela and Jared, uh, Jared, Jared Leto. Just, um, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> now you're are doing not it. <laughs> dating anymore. She has stated that she's completely over him and she thinks that they should have never been together in the first place. Is this a betrayal? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm it doesn't. Asking. We're not as all sex positive. It's that <laughs> whole. Yes, no, it's that issues. whole thing. Like you know, I was I was actually thinking about this because I was watching Degrassi Junior High earlier, but when mm-hmm. in Degrassi High, when Spike dated Patrick, and then Liz was like, "Oh, Patrick's taking me out." I mean, even if your friend is like, "No, I'm over him," don't believe your friend ever, ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like. It, why would you even want to go out with the guy that your friend used to go out with? Like, no, don't, stay away from them. Don't do that. <laughs> it's just not yes. right. <laughs> but what if you ask your friend if it's okay and they say it is? If that's the case, yes. But don't, you know, there are you know special situations there where, yes, if, if the person says, yes, it's perfectly fine, you can do it. Even then, don't really believe them. But, you know, mm. you can always say, yeah, well, you said I could. <laughs> Well, no, don't, don't, don't I mean, that. I remember that episode of Degrassi Junior High, and I was pissed at Spike because, number one, Liz did ask Spike if they could go. Number two, it was kind of, I think, made clear that they were going just as friends. Uh, and so Spike got mad about that. In this case, Rand fucked Jordan in a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. You hey, know. I had a friend who, <laughs> I had a 28-year friendship end over something like this because... Oh, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She knew I liked the dude. We traveled to another state to visit him, and they ended up hooking up while we were down in North Carolina. And they turned it around on me, making it seem like I was the crazy one for being upset about it. And we haven't spoken in, it'll be 17 years in July. Wow. (laughs) No. 28-year friendship. Some strong opinions from you on this subject. (laughs) 28-year friendship. Friends from when we were four years old. Wow. And we never had the mutual guy thing. Never had it in real life. Never had it with our TV and movie crushes. We always had different, you know, taste in guys. It was the first time we ever had a mutual guy thing. And that's what she did to me. (laughs) 
Do you think that this is the opportunity to uh, reinvigorate Casey Kasem's long distance dedications <laughs> and to reach out to that, that person oh and say God. their name and say, Stacy's sorry that <laughs> she was so mad at you and she forgives you. Come home, such and such. No, I'm not I'm sorry that I was. Uh, no, I'm not sorry that I was mad because they turned it around on me and made me seem like the crazy one and told everyone else about my reaction to it. And I never got to defend myself to people. So no, they can all kiss. My. Okay, Ellen, cut all that out. And <laughs> Stacy would like to dedicate against all odds by <laughs> Phil Collins. No, but <laughs> this one. <laughs> Arlo, when you were talking about no, but Arlo, when you were talking about getting over a breakup and like all of a sudden feeling like yeah, wait, it was that friendship. It took four years for me to finally feel like I was finally over it, and it was like a sudden, like I'm fine. We see each other every once in a while. I saw her at um, where the hell did I see her? I saw her somewhere, and um, you know, we're cordial when we see each other now. But you know, for those first few years, it was rough. The relief of indifference yeah, is so palpable when you get there. Yeah. It was like, amazing. Yeah. It was amazing because that... If you're felt, actually there and not just lying to yourself. like Yeah, no, I really felt it. But <laughs> no, because I really felt it. We were best friends for 28 years. We had the same exact birthday. You know, we lived four houses away from each other. We were, like, basically, like, the same person. And for her to do that to me was, like... It was worse than a death when it happened. Like, really, I fell off the deep end after that. It was worse than any relationship trauma I've had in my life. Well, and, you know, what's going to be happening probably next episode, I guess, between Rayanne and Angela, you know, we'll see here. And uh, Winnie Holtzman has said that she always felt that the breakup between Angela and Rayanne was a hundred times more heartbreaking than any breakup that she and Jordan had. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, but we'll we'll get to that next episode, I'm assuming. I mean, Stacey, I was going to ask you why you insisted on being on this episode. And uh... <laughs> well, no, I love this episode. but uh-huh. That kind of brought out some stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> next time on Ripping Band-Aids Off of Old Wounds podcast. I didn't mean to turn this into a therapy session. I'm so sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, to Stacey's ex-friend. Hope it was worth it, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ho, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> Take it away, Phil. <laughs> okay, no, we don't have to raise that. <laughs> I, Alan's a master editor, so he can put all this together. Uh-huh. And Stacy's very sorry. Also, if uh, Phil was singing that live today, it would be like four octaves lower. Just uh, if you've seen <laughs> oh, it lately. Yeah, poor old Phil's. <laughs> he's been the the ringer Phil Collins like if you want to see a 70 year old who looks like a hundred years old Phil Collins <laughs> yeah who can't so stand and has marquee. to sit when he performs it's awful it's, so, it's terrible I mean I feel bad for him not that he's terrible I feel terrible for the situation I mean it doesn't help that he was bald when he was like 27 and now he's like <laughs> you know like it already ages you and now yeah he's yeah, the oldest man ever <laughs> I believe Stacy, did you have that picture on Instagram of him uh in the seventies looking like he was gonna ask you what your favorite craft IPA was <laughs> or something like that? And he because he had he looked very Oh oh yeah. Now it, was, hipster. it was the picture of if you put on the radio between like eighty three and ninety one, you always heard a Phil Collins song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yes. the best picture of yes. Phil Collins ever, if you find uh and there's a lot there's quite a few of them, is Phil Collins in a Minnesota North Stars jersey. Uh, oh like late seventies Phil Collins. Uh yeah, where he's nice. still you know, he's still hanging on to that hairline at the time. Yeah. Um, like he has man. the long hair, but it's still receding really yeah. badly. And he's got a big ass beard. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, also, he really tried to hang on to that hairline for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I mean, now we're getting into this is the Phil Collins and Genesis podcast, but <laughs> they are, they are one of my favorites. So I will also say I may be, I may not be the only one. I'm not sure, but like there are people who love the Peter Gabriel progressive rock Genesis, which I think is fantastic. And the full on pop music Genesis of the eighties and early nineties, which I also think is fantastic. My favorite Genesis era is like 1976 to 1981. 
the early years of the Phil Collins uh, era where they were transitioning. Fantastic. So they'll take it over. Yeah. So there you go. The Narvels and Broomheads and Phil Collins <laughs> and Genesis podcast. Also well, wrestling and occasionally sports. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> he was in a video with the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it's great. It yeah. was <laughs> TV history. Amazing. It was Two Hearts, I believe, was the was the song. So that's the end of part one. The way we're going to split this baby up. Uh, let's see who's around. Who's around town? About town. Let's uh, roll it all over to the prairies. Z prairies. Uh, any wildfires over there? I don't think so. I think that's more of an Ontario thing. Uh, but, there might uh, be some like up north right now. There always is like a few up north, but we don't have any major smoke or anything like that, which is great. And uh, yeah, I'm Arlo. You can find me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. Alan? I'm Alan on uh, you know all the social media. Slip with five eyes or slip. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we have a bunch of places where you can follow the Narbos and Broomheads podcast, Narbos and Broomheads, at gmail.com if you want to write us and tell us what you think of Prime Minister Justin Catalano in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to find a way to mash those images up into a uh, photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Narbos and Broomheads podcast on Instagram and Narbos podcast on Twitter and uh Stacy go Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> uh you can find me on Twitter at Stace Gots. You can find me on Instagram at srgots and if you're on TikTok you can find me at srgots. No Yankee stuff? And I Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to see me yapping about the Yankees, go to YouTube and Subscribe to Lockdown Yankees. We're at 2,950 subscribers. We're almost at 3,000. I'm yes. pretty excited. Ooh, sign up. Subscribe. Like and subscribe. Yes. <laughs> Do it. And on Ted, I'd say, while three on the Instagram machine, we've had a laugh on a harf. So we hope you did, too. I guess we'll see y'all next time on Narbos and Broomheads show. Uh-oh. Peace. Bye. Well, I just said I'd show you my love. I would never do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about Caroline. I would never get girls out of my house. Maybe I would. I would walk around and get naked. Just to get to my dreams. And they